1: What's up? Welcome into Best on the Board presented by BetMGM. It is Sunday, March 13th. That date maybe stands out to you, college basketball fans out there. That's because it is Selection Sunday. It is just after 8 o'clock in the Eastern time zone. So we have all had the uh, bracket in our hands for uh, about two hours now. We've been breaking everything down, and that's what we're going to do right here on this episode of Best on the Board start getting you ready for your bracket pools that you're obviously going to be participating in, Survivor Pools, Pick 8s, obviously all the bets that we've got coming our way over these next couple of weeks. The Best Individual Sporting Event about to kick off in a couple of days. We are very excited to break it all down on Best on the Board. I am Michael Beller, your host of Best on the Board for this episode, this Selection Sunday episode. I am joined by Austin Mock. If you are an athletic subscriber, you undoubtedly have been following along with Austin's projections for college football back in the fall and the winter college basketball as well. Austin, great day, my friend! A great, great day in the sports world. How are you doing?
2: I'm doing good, and yeah, it you know it's it is one of the best days mm-hmm. I think of the whole year. Um, you know, there's just this next like week period. Um, is pretty fantastic and like there was a little bit of like adrenaline hit me when they they started it's nice when the the pre uh the selection yeah. show comes on they don't waste any time they hop right in and and you get teams and matchups uh, thrown right in your face so pretty excited for for this weekend
1: yeah i'm right there with you i love that they just uh they, they just get right into it and uh, we start to right that even like for there, there was that debacle a few years ago where they waited mm-hmm. and waited and waited to reveal the bracket but even before that they would just do the one seats first right yep. we got to, we saw all four one seats and it was you know we went through a full segment and then a commercial before we finally started seeing the brackets revealed so over these last few years they've gotten things right and we get to see the full bracket revealed just right there no wasting any time and we're not going to do that. We're not going to waste any more time here uh, on this episode of Best on the Board. We're going to go region by region. But first, I want to ask you, Austin, before we get into going region by region, uh, let's go ahead and take a look at those top seeds. You've got, obviously, uh, Gonzaga out west, Arizona in the south, Kansas in the midwest, Baylor in the east. Which one of these four do you think has the easiest path to in Elite eight in the final four? Um, it, it, It's tough. I don't love the – I don't love the uh, –
2: midwest region, Kansas's region. So, uh naturally I think like they have the easiest path. I'm not a huge Kansas fan, however. Um mm-hmm. like I think nzag is the most likely team to make it. I just I think they're you know even with the the strength of schedule possible issues that they have, I still think they're the strongest team we've seen Kansas at times. Uh we've seen all these teams really at times not play sure. that well. So I'll go with Kansas as the easiest route. I'm just, you know, like Wisconsin. I'm not a huge high on Wisconsin. Auburn's been uh, in a, in a, uh inconsistent providence. I'm really, really low on. I think they're very overrated. Um, they did get kind of screwed with Iowa as their five seed, but, um, you know, LSU – I know they had the the injury in the middle of the year they're 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 possibly coming back but Will Wade's fired now so who knows what they're going to be. I really think uh that we that that region is the easiest so I think Kansas has the easiest path
1: uh to make a run. Yeah, yeah we're in agreement there. I think that there's um there's some hiccups that you can see along the way. Even if you think is going to the Final Four, even if you think Arizona is going to the Final Four, you can still envision some easier hiccups for them before they get to that point, maybe more so than you could for Kansas, I agree. An Iowa matchup in the Sweet 16 could be tricky just because Keegan Murray is liable to put up 30 on anyone. Uh, but it does feel like they have the fewest tricky spots between where they stand right now and a trip to New Orleans for the Final Four. So I'm with you there. And at the same time, I think that that... Also helps make the Midwest maybe the most unpredictable region, the one where we could see some wacky stuff going on, the one where we could see uh, some teams that you know we aren't necessarily expecting, we wouldn't have picked before we got to see a draw as elite eight teams. But hey, the draw fell their way, and now suddenly they do look like an elite eight contender. The Midwest, I think, is one that could get a little bit interesting, and I think uh, the East, because of the top of the half of that, uh, uh, the top half of that region, could also get interesting. Those are ones where I'm looking to see, you know, maybe. Something screwy end up messing with people's brackets. Which ones are you looking at for that sort of uh, that sort of path here?
2: Yeah, I think the Midwest definitely, just because you know the the when you don't have the dominant teams, um, I I, Mm -hmm. I, they kind of run through it easily. You know, I I think back to last year, Illinois was so dominant, but they had a bad matchup with Loyola. Like Loyola was, you either get the like group of death. I don't really know if there's a, a, a region of death this year doesn't um, feel like it yeah. yeah so like you either get like a really good region that could just be chaotic as can be like Illinois was kind of like that last year Houston was at the bottom uh i think West Virginia was down there um but Loyola was really good and then they got beat by Oregon State they made their run so these like really you kind of have to go through either great teams those brackets uh, tend to get a little crazy and, and i think this midwest one with with no you know not a bunch of teams in there that that you'd think before the bracket was revealed to make a lot of deep runs. Uh, I think you could see a lot of things get a little crazy there. I'm not a huge fan of the high seeds in that one either, you know, in the Mm -hmm. the 11, 12, 13 range. But Iowa State plays good defense. Maybe they could catch someone because the Big 12 is pretty strong. But uh, I'm going towards, uh, you know, the weakest region, easiest path for Kansas. I still, uh, you know, it's kind of, I guess, contradictive there. But... Uh, you know, because of no team being great, I think Iowa may be a little overrated after their wins. I think we could see some, a uh, mm-hmm. little bit of chaos down there in the Midwest region.
1: <laughs> I would love to see the, uh, if, I could, if I could be the, the bracket uh, dictator and make one change, I would flip Murray State and San Fran and, and put that 710 game over into the Midwest and put Miami and USC mm-hmm. over with Kentucky. That Murray State and San Fran, they both feel like they're Sweet 16 quality teams. One of them's going to lose their first game, and then the other one's going to run into Kentucky. In the second round, and that just—I would love to see better for those two teams. And like, I'll take either of those teams over Auburn in a potential second-round matchup. But as it stands, we're getting a, a USC Miami winner. That I—I I mean, I'm with you. I don't necessarily love either of those teams, mm-hmm. and yet I'm going to be tempted to pick either of them to knock off Auburn in the second right. round.
2: Yeah, it's interesting you bring up Murray State, and San Fran. That's probably my most disappointing uh. Uh, matchup because you know I like it when these teams, these you know non-power six conference teams that. That have really good seasons. I don't, I hate it when they get matched up in Mm -hmm. the, in the first round because we, you know, I, I, I really, if you would have said, you know, a couple hours ago, three hours ago, Murray State and San Fran, I think both, like you said, both teams could make sweet 16 runs. Now we're guaranteed ones out in the first round. It's just, it's just kind of sad.
1: All right, let's get into this uh, region by region look. So we're going to go through and just knock off the same you know, sort of prompts for every single region. Let's start in the West. Gonzaga, the one, Duke, the two, Texas Tech, the three, Arkansas, the four, UConn, the five. Who do you look at in this West region as a dangerous double digit seed? One we could be seeing play in second weekend basketball.
2: Oh, it's it's tough. Double double digits. I'm not a huge fan of the Rutgers Notre Dame. I'm not a huge fan of them and, and I know it's a trendy pick. They just got beat today in their in their uh conference tournament, but I'm going with Davidson. I'm not a huge fan of Michigan State. I know Izzo and March, everybody likes to jump on that bandwagon. Um I I I hate that they match up with Duke. I know the narrative will be like, "Oh, everybody wants Duke to play, you know, make a deep run for Coach mm-hmm. K's final season, but Duke has shown some vulnerabilities at times. We just, you know, not too long ago, they got smoked at home by North Carolina. Uh, Virginia Tech, uh, you know, took it to them. They they didn't exactly they haven't looked great recently. Uh, Davidson, they can shoot. They have a high powered offense. I like to I like to get on the teams that can score because a lot of these first round games and second round games, the matchup is so dependent. Can you? Uh, can you exploit something? I don't think Duke is super like elite on defense. I think Davidson could find a way to score, and like I said, I don't think Michigan State is very, uh, very strong. I think Davidson could easily. I think that game's like a pick 'em right now. So mm-hmm. uh, easily, think Davidson's my double-digit
1: pick there. Yeah, I'm the same page. A lot of same page <laughs> in it so far. Early in this episode, that's a team that I like quite a bit. I, I guess it, you know, it has something to do with the fact. I like Davidson. I think they beat Michigan State. I think ultimately they do go down to Duke. Mm-hmm. You know, Not a great offensive rebounding team. Not a team that for- forces a ton of turnovers. Those are some of the elements you look for when you are right. you know, very clearly the less talented team. How, what's the formula to an upset offensive rebound forcing turnovers, getting those extra possessions. Something that Davidson doesn't do a ton of. So I do think they go down to Duke. I think they're dangerous enough. And then if they were to get by that spot, you look at coming out of the pot above them with uh, Alabama as up and down as they've been. Texas Tech, unbelievable defensive team. But as we saw in that game Against Kansas, they can go through some offensive spells they did in the Big Twelve Championship. Yeah, I I could see them being a team that ultimately sits in that spot as a little bit dangerous. But it it, it speaks, I think, to the fact that I don't necessarily love the the twelve thirteen. That's we're often looking for sweet sixteen sleepers, elite eight sleepers on the twelve thirteen line. And I don't really like either of the 12 or the 13 in this region, New Mexico State and Vermont. I'll say that those are double-digit seeds that I'm not really falling for in this tournament. Anyone in this region that jumps out at you as a double-digit seed that could be trendy, but you're going to be staying away from.
2: Yeah, the the double-digit seeds that I'm looking to avoid here is really New Mexico State. I think Connecticut is, is... Just very strong. I'm not. My model's not high on New Mexico State. Um, Even if they do get past Connecticut, like I think Vermont is decent. I just think Arkansas is is a tough matchup for Vermont. Um, Just not a huge. Not really jumping on them. And and either of those, Vermont or New Mexico State, they're getting you know a a tough team in my opinion. In Arkansas and Connecticut in the next game. You know, we we talked about we're going to talk about other regions where the next game isn't you know super difficult for them, or, or possibly a team that can get. Get beat. So staying away from Vermont, New Mexico State. I feel like you know Connecticut. Connecticut has been upset early in, in rounds. Arkansas had a scare last year. Uh, was yeah. that Colgate, if I remember? Um, it was. Yeah, it was. So, I, and then I, they I, go to the Elite Eight after that, right? You know, it, it's it's just how these how these things work. But those those are the two teams. I, I really don't want to be in that pod uh, because I think the second round matchup is tough. No matter no matter who comes out. <clears throat>
1: Yep, totally agree with you. And again, Vermont is the same team, similar in what I just talked about with Davidson, in that they don't offensive rebound, they don't force a ton of turnovers. It's hard to for them to be at the athleticism and talent de- uh, deficit that they will be at against Arkansas and not get those extra possessions and then ultimately pull off the upset. So uh, I think that you know they really have to be shooting it very well from behind the arc to pull off the upset in that game and a tough spot certainly for either uh the 12 or 13 if they were to pull off a first round upset how about an elite eight sleeper out of this uh west region anyone here jumping out at you that we could see playing uh in uh for a bid to the final four that would maybe surprise some people right now
2: uh I guess I guess I have to go with Memphis um you know you just mentioned the offensive rebounding they're a great offensive rebounding team Mm -hmm. I don't love the pod because uh, those games are in Portland if I'm correct so Boise doesn't have a far far trip there although out west those states are so big maybe it is further than I'm I'm realizing (laughs) (laughs) but but I think Memphis despite the you know they lost to Houston today you know Houston I think is a very good team but Memphis is a team like you you said. The offensive rebounding, like the athleticism that they have. It's just it's one of those things that's hard to match. Uh, I know Boise State is good. I had them in the if you followed my conference uh, picks, I had them to win the Mountain West, so that was nice. But uh, I I think Memphis, I think they have the the athleticism and the bigs to match up with Gonzaga. That like that's one of the big problems with facing Gonzaga is they're so big. Like Timmy and Holmgren. Mm-hmm. I mean Holmgren alone is just like all, arms and legs out there. It's it's ridiculous. Right. So. I think they kind of match up well with Gonzaga. Maybe can get some offensive rebounds and bang them around a little bit uh, and, and match up there. So they're my uh, they're my elite eight pick. I, I think Memphis could possibly make a run here.
1: <clears throat> uh, all right, let's take a look at just elite eight pick out of this West region. Who do you see playing for the bid to the Final Four, and who gets it?
2: Um, man, I, I'm gonna uh, you know I ju- I just talked about Memphis going, but I, I think Gonzaga's. Gonna be there. I think it'll be Gonzaga and Texas Tech. Um, Ooh, okay, those are my two. I don't think Coach K gets the Cinderella run here, but ultimately, I gotta go with Gonzaga. I just cannot trust that. If Texas Tech had like a better perimeter option, um, you know, you mentioned we said it, we saw it in the Big Twelve Championship game. Uh, I, I could, I could buy into them, but I'll go with Gonzaga. as They're my most likely Final 14. <clears throat>
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with Gonzaga too, and I'm going to take them over Duke. It's a little chalkier than I would like to go, and I, I think our, you know, if Arkansas gets by uh, UConn, I think they could give Gonzaga uh, some issues. A, a team of guys who were all here in the Elite Eight just one year ago. Um Yeah, I think they could give Gonzaga a little bit of problem. If Alabama could ever just screw its head on straight for a couple of games in a row, I think their offense could give Duke some issues, but. Uh, it's hard to trust them. And of course they would have to get by Texas Tech to do that. So uh, I think Gonzaga gets back to the final four with a uh, chalky one two matchup in the West and a win over Duke. Let's throw things over to the South region now. Austin, Arizona, the one Villanova, the two Tennessee, the three Illinois the 4 and that's an intriguing one there. I- Illinois Arizona I think would be a really fun sweet 16 matchup if it's something that we do end up getting. But we'll start with the double digit teams. Who do you see as a potential dangerous double digit seed coming out of this region?
2: Yeah, but the easy pick here's for Loyola. Uh I am a big Loyola mm-hmm. Chicago fan. I know that they, you know, were trying to make a run. They made it to Sweet 16 in Oregon State, knocked them down last year, but Ohio State's a little banged up. We'll see Kyle Young's been out. We'll see if he can come back uh, key for them as well, uh, has an ankle issue. They're just not great defensively, so I, I, I don't see Loyola, who sh- can at times struggle to score. Um, I think they that, that benefits them. I think that matches up well, um, and Loyola's defense is very good. Maybe they can slow down EJ Liddell. He's one of my favorite players to watch in, in college basketball, but similarly, I wish they had to to uh, Texas Tech. I wish Ohio State had a little bit more of a presence on the perimeter. Um, so I think Loyola Chicago, a couple days of game plan here. I think they can shut down Ohio State's offense. And then I I think they match up with Villanova. Same thing. Villanova's good offensively. Defensively, they're a little bit worse. I think Loyola can, can get into the Sweet Six team, possibly even the Elite Eight there.
1: <clears throat> yeah, uh, totally with you on this. I think it's a great draw for Loyola. Yeah, obviously Villanova. Tennessee, these are more talented teams than Loyola, yeah. but they play styles that Loyola is totally comfortable playing. So Loyola is not going to be cowed by any sort of style that they see. In those matchups, and I uh, give me a full strength Ohio State team. I, I think that was going to be, you know, a pretty good team. But they've had just so many injuries uh, late here in the season, so much inconsistency. They've had to deal with, you know, so many guys just missing time all season. Uh, they just haven't had a ton of time with their, you know, starting five together and like the top seven eight guys in the rotation all together, all healthy there. So it's just been something of a lost season for Ohio State when you consider how good we thought they could be coming into the tournament. I like Loyola. To win that first round game, I'm going to throw UAB out there. It's one I don't necessarily love, but to go back to this same point, this is a team that can get off after the gl- offensive glass and that can force some turnovers. Houston, a brutal matchup. Absolutely for, for a team that, uh, you know, it, it is, is again going to be the less talented team on the floor houston is a very very tough matchup with what they do defensively but you've got a team that can get after it on the glass you've got a team that can force some turnovers you've got a guy in jordan walker who can go score 40 for you he's done it a couple of times this season i think that is enough for me to maybe like uab as a first round bet uh, and potentially as maybe even a pick because I really don't like the next matchup for either of those teams going up against Illinois, uh, who I do believe will get by Chattanooga. That's the double-digit seed that I am not falling for. I think this is going to be a chic upset pick. I think you're going to see a lot of people back in the mocks to knock off Illinois. Illinois is another team that if they can just get things right, if they can just get their you know A-minus game, game in and game out, they could easily rip off six wins and, and win this whole thing uh, with Kofi in the middle and with the shooters that they put around him. I, I just don't think Chattanooga's got what it takes to keep up with Illinois, they are the double-digit seed that I am easily fading in this region. What are you looking at there?
2: Yeah, I can't can't disagree with you there. I, I, Illinois hasn't really put it all together this year. Uh, it, yeah. it kind of seems like they once they start to do it, they'll, they'll they trip over themselves or something. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. You know, we look uh, going back to Loyola with last year. You know, with Coburn, and you you kind of have to find a try to get them out of the. Paint and it's tough, but I don't know if they'll be able to do that. Uh, Chattanooga's not the greatest three-point shooting team uh, to be able to kind of. I get like that's my that's my way of beating Illinois. Uh, I'm I i can not get I can't get on. I think people will jump on them. Uh, I think another one will be Michigan, uh, just because Colorado State. I know Michigan's probably better than what their record is. They played a tough schedule. They just yeah, again kind of another team that just can't put it together. Not great defensively. Yeah. This game against Colorado State, basically a pick'em, and I know people will love to jump on the 11 seed in a pick'em game and everything, but I, I could see, I, I I could see Michigan going down because they they had times this year if their offense isn't going, it's it's really difficult for them to win games. So I could see people jumping on Michigan. I, I'm not falling for it. And again, facing Tennessee, I don't think they match up that well with Tennessee in the second round. So uh, I'm not falling in love with Michigan as the double digit seed. <clears throat>
1: Yeah, Colorado State coming out of the Mountain West, comfortable playing a physical style of basketball, yeah. too. So it's not like they're going to suddenly be intimidated by playing this big conference team in Michigan. Should be one of the more fun games, I think, at least in terms of competitiveness in the first round with Colorado State uh, and Michigan getting together. Elite Eight Sleeper, uh, is it as easy as saying it's Loyola? Because it feels like it is to me.
2: Yeah, you know, it, it it's out like outside of the top five teams, they're probably the team that i want to go with like i I know i just said i'm not falling in love with michigan but i guess they're probably the next one Mm -hmm. because i again like i don't love the like even the like you said the uab could if they upset houston i'm pretty high on houston but again you run in you run into another gauntlet team with illinois it's another tough matchup uh for them i'm not falling in love there Arizona Seton Hall, I think, will be a fan, it could be a fantastic second round matchup because Seton Hall is very long. I think they can deal with Arizona strength, but I think it's I think it's Loyola. I can't pass them up for the reasons I I was falling in love with them there. But Villanova and Ohio State, I think, are two teams that they they can match up with. And you know Tennessee, we've seen at times this year go like ten minutes without being able to put yes, the ball in the hoop. So uh, easily they can make a run. The bottom of this region, I think, is going to be really fun because i think like at the very least the round two matchups should be very good like no matter who wins colorado state michigan probably facing tennessee should be really fun and then villanova versus ohio state or loyola could be really really good matchups
1: let me follow up with you actually on houston i I mean it's probably it's a misnomer to call them an elite eight sleeper we're talking (laughs) about a team that uh, was in the final four last year and obviously some key players not part of that including marcus sasser who is there but uh, injured and not playing, so yeah, it's probably not the not right to call them a sleeper, but assuming they get past UAB, they're probably slight dogs, I'm going to guess, to Illinois in the second round, and then they go up against Arizona, the number two overall seed in the Sweet 16, so sleeper might not be the right word, but certainly unexpected. What has you feeling good about Houston going into the tourney?
2: Yeah, Houston's been a very weird team for me, betting-wise, all year and modeling, because obviously uh, Sazer and Mark... Going out for them, but they haven't really like fallen off. Like you look at any of the public yeah. projection systems, Ken Palm, they're like top five easily a top five team. They have not really dropped off. You throw out the two losses to Memphis where they kind of got uh blown out, and you're talking they have a two-point loss to SMU, who was one of the first teams out of the field. You know, I, I understand the American conference isn't great or anything, but I, they they haven't really fallen off, so it, they're a weird team. I think at times they can run into offensive issues where they can't put the ball in the basket, and they're very offensive rebounding dependent. But we've seen this time and time again. You've brought it up; these teams that killed the offensive glass in the tournament, like they they kind of it's like body blow after body blow that you yeah. just you just like give in and you end up losing, and all of a sudden they're a Sweet Sixteen team and easily
1: could beat Arizona. <clears throat> all right, what are you looking at as your Elite Eight matchup in this one?
2: Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna tout them. I'm gonna go with Houston. Yes. I'm taking them. I hate it because Arizona. <laughs> I, I, I I'm just I'm I'm fading Arizona more so in that one. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I wish we knew what, what Kirk Kersa was gonna look like in the second weekend.
2: Yeah, that that that's the big question that that really that really hurts me. I know they they overcame uh. UCLA late um to to win the Pac-12 t- uh, tournament, but I'm going Houston in oh, that bottom bracket. <sighs> I don't want to go like too chalky here, but I'll, I'll go with Tennessee. I, I, I'm not a huge fan of the Villanova, even if they match up against Ohio State. I, I just don't love that matchup. I think there's too many, uh, too many games. Where they lose in that second round matchup, so I'll go Tennessee and and Houston, and and I, I'll go with Tennessee. I, I'll, I'll I'll follow them.
1: I wrote them in the SEC tournament. I'll take them as the final four pick. <laughs> there you go, Rick Barnes, getting <laughs> to the final four. According to Austin Mock. I'm going to go Arizona over Tennessee. I just thinking as long as let, this is, I would feel great about this if we knew Creso would be back for the second weekend. If you go going to that Sweet 16 matchup? Uh, which what I think is going to be against Illinois, and he's back and he's playing. Then I think that this team just, they have the most, other than Gonzaga on the other side, it's the reason why these are the top two teams. Uh, they have just the most diversity of, of scoring options. And so I think that's going to make them just a, a really, really tough team. Uh, but it's all about, I think you do need a healthy crease because if he's not quite right, I see Illinois taking them down in the Sweet 16. But as we're sitting here Sunday night, got to make a pick. I'm going to go Arizona over Tennessee. Uh, Let's throw things down to the Midwest region where Kansas is the number one seed. You've got Auburn at two, Wisconsin at three, Providence at four, Iowa at five, and yes, right off the bat, we said this is the region that just, yeah, it feels like Kansas has the easiest path, but how much of that is Kansas? How much of that is the path? and I know, Providence, I mean, talk about the betting market, right? Betting markets have been low on Providence all season, been low on Wisconsin all season. Auburn just falling apart over the last four or five weeks of the regular season here. And it just feels like Kansas has everything set up nicely. I was going to be very popular after what they just did in the Big Ten tournament. But we know that that is a team that has been down at times this season. They've got a top five overall pick probably in this year's draft in Keegan Murray, who can certainly carry them. But this is just... This has just got craziness, I think, written all over it, and so that leads us to a dangerous double-digit seed. Who are you looking at to be that team in the Midwest? It's tough. I don't. I don't love any of them. Um, <laughs> it's one of those
2: things where, like, I, I don't love the top of this bracket. And I don't love the bottom of it either. It's. It's. I, I again. I say this is the easiest region. Um, I, I'm gonna go with Iowa State. Uh, I'm just going with the. LSU is kind of I don't want to say in like turmoil but will wade, you know, th- that has to count for something. You lose your yep. uh just from a locker room standpoint, you know, I think they'll be mostly fine, but they just haven't been super consistent. They're they're one like their point guard being taken out, Pinson being taken out from not being able to like win any games. I think they were 2 and 6 without him uh this year. So I'll go with them. Wisconsin, I, again, I feel like Wisconsin just loves playing close games. I'll take a double-digit seed in <laughs> the second-round matchup against a team that loves to play close games, even though Wisconsin finds a way to always win those games, but Iowa State. I hate the pick, but Iowa State.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I, I kind of don't love mine that I'm going to throw out there, because I hate being on the side of like the popular 12 or 13 seed, and... Uh, South Dakota State is going to be so popular Mm -hmm. because everyone is wanting to fade Providence and everyone's been here. Even people who are just parachuting into the college basketball world over like championship week and on uh, have heard about how you fade Providence and they don't exactly cover themselves in glory in the Big East tournament. South South Dakota State, a fun team, a team that hasn't lost since December 15th, number one three point shooting team by percentage in the country. This team shoots it at 44.2 percent from behind the arc. So they've got those bombers. They also uh, do the two things, or don't do the two things, as the case may be, that I've talked about a bunch. They don't rebound the ball on offense. They don't force force turnovers on defense. So that's why I don't necessarily love it. But you've got this Providence team. A ton of shot makers, an old team, but a team that has seemed to get by by the skin of its teeth, game after game after game after game this season, and a team in South Dakota State that absolutely First of all, knows it can win games. It's won 30 games of the season. And if they get hot, they get hot. And they can shoot it very well. And that really doesn't uh, have an effect of who's playing defense against them. So I don't love it. If South Dakota State were in another spot, I would love to fade them because they are going to be super popular. Uh, but I think that this at least matches up well enough for them that they can knock off a you know maybe over team in Providence and then at least Iowa uh, is a team that isn't necessarily going to clamp down the way, say, a Houston would on them. So South Dakota State, a team that I'm looking at, is one that maybe got a, a decent draw with being the 13th seed in the Midwest region. On the flip side of this, I think there are plenty of double-digit seeds to not fall for in this region. And I believe before we got going here, you said that South Dakota State was the one that you're really not going to be falling for.
2: Yeah, it's, it's, I'm kind of torn because Providence, you know, they're 12 and two in close games this year. Um, that that really boost your record a little bit to make you like in other years, if they don't have this close game luck, they're probably a six or seven seed. Um, Mm -hmm. That's, that's just how this works. Um, And South Dakota state is that popular team. I hate being on the popular double digit seed because they always seem to, I don't want to say fall flat on their face, but you know, they can use their, I I expect them to play a close game. I think this game is, yeah, this is Providence is favored by two and a half. So I'm not saying like avoid them, but I I could easily see Providence, you know, get by in this one, but Um, I'm avoiding also, I think Colgate, I'm not a huge Wisconsin (laughs) fan, but I think Colgate's also another team. They played Arkansas close last year. I think they're a team as well. And, and it's interesting that I'm fading both of the teams that uh, are playing Wisconsin also 15 and three this year in close games. Uh, (laughs) the one was Johnny Davis getting injured. I'm not really want to count that one, but the one loss, um, but I'm avoiding Colgate and South Dakota state, not huge fans. And again, I think Colgate's a team. LSU and Iowa State in the second round. I don't love that matchup. I understand they can win a game, sure. Anybody can. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of Richmond either. But Iowa. I don't see South Dakota State getting past Iowa. I don't see Colgate getting past LSU. Iowa State. So uh, those are my two: the, uh, South Dakota State and Colgate.
1: <clears throat> it's just a super flat region. Yeah, it's just, it's just, it just really feels that way. Right? I'm just
2: not excited about this region at all. Like yeah. it's it's. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Like from top to bottom, I know Kansas is playing well. Like you said, Auburn's been tripping over themselves. It's just Iowa's probably like overrated by the market now because mm-hmm. they just ran through the Big Ten. It's it's just a tough, tough region.
1: <clears throat> yeah, can you pull out an elite eight sleeper for us?
2: Um, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go San Diego State. It's it's tough. They are offensively challenged, but they play great defense. And like you said earlier. Uh, with Colorado State, Mountain West. They're not afraid of any of these uh, big teams. They, they they've played them before. Kansas, at times, if their offense doesn't get going, they, their defense hasn't been graded, you know, they're they're kind of been inconsistent on the defensive side of the ball. If San Diego State can stop them enough on offense, I think, uh, they can push through. I know they have a tough tough matchup with Creighton in the first round too. But uh, I could ride that defense to the Elite Eight if you get an Iowa game, like you said. Iowa's been inconsistent, and then you know I'm not a big fan of Providence. I, I think San Diego State's that team for me.
1: <clears throat> I'll throw USC out there only because of the size. Uh, yeah. you, you, you have that le- you have that sort of size that USC is bringing to every single game. One of the biggest teams. In the country, and you have a bottom half of this bracket that, as we've talked about, just not really all that intimidating. With Auburn's issues, with um, you know, Wisconsin being a good team, but certainly not a team that's gonna you know run away from you and hide with a with a 15 point lead. Uh, if LSU or Iowa State gets through Wisconsin, and you're talking about one of those teams. Like that is a pretty soft bottom half of a region. Pretty soft half, to, half of a region. So USC, with the size that they can bring to bear, it's not the most impressive resume. It's not the most impressive 26-win season just because there, there aren't a ton of great wins. On the resume, they did beat UCLA at home. They beat San Diego State on a neutral floor, floor very early in the season. Uh, and, and that's really it. That's really the only wins that, that that jump out at you on this USC resume. But you give them just that they can do at least one thing well. And then you have a pretty soft bottom half of this region. So they're a team I look at as a potential Elite Eight sleeper. I don't think they get there because I do think that, first of all, I think they could have a a lot of trouble going through Miami. you got a stylistic clash in that first-round matchup with USC and Miami. I think they have a ton of trouble in that spot. And I do think, ultimately, it is Wisconsin coming out of that half of the region, getting to the Elite Eight, and falling to Kansas. Don't think Wisconsin's one of the best eight teams in the country, but this is a great draw for the Badgers. I think they get to the Elite Eight, lose to Kansas. What do you got for an Elite Eight matchup in the Midwest? Yeah, <sighs> If you would have told me before the bracket reveal that I would have
2: gone with Auburn as an elite eight team. I probably (laughs) would have said you're crazy, but like kind of what you were just saying mirroring with USC, I'm just not like in love with LSU, Iowa state, like Wisconsin, like you said, like, I think Wisconsin will play anybody tough, but it's like one of those things like if you just have bad luck, go your way in the end of a game, you lose. I'm going Auburn from the bottom half. I do think Kansas, I know San Diego state's my sleeper, but I think Kansas gets through Kansas and Auburn, Ah, I'm going Auburn. I'm kind of in fade in Kansas. Oh, man. It's, uh, I, I, I never would have thought in picking Auburn to win the – or to make the Final Four here. But, again, I just don't I, – I think it's so much easier for them to get to the lead eight here than, say, Kansas. So uh, I'll go Auburn over Kansas in the Final Four because uh, I, I think that – I think they have a better chance of facing someone – I, I don't know. I don't even know what to say. I'm, talk, I'm trying to talk it into it, but my, my numbers say Auburn over Kansas. I'm going with Auburn.
1: I hate it, but I'm hey, going with it. <laughs> Hey, Jabari Smith, there are worse things you could do right, than I mean, say yeah. this, is a, this is a wide open region. I'll just uh, put my chips down with Jabari Smith and let it ride. <laughs> right, right. Definitely worse things you could do than that. Let's get on over to the East region, our final region, where Baylor is the one, Kentucky the two, Purdue at three, UCLA at four, and St. Mary's. At five, uh, this is a region that I think is going to give us a lot of fireworks. Who do you have as the most dangerous double-digit seed in this one?
2: Uh, this this region's tough for me. Um, I, I, there's a lot of teams that I, I could really get get on here. You know, we talked about San Francisco earlier. Virginia mm-hmm. Tech would have been a pick for me. I know they probably wouldn't have made the tournament without winning the ACC tournament since they're an 11 seed now, but. I think they're a team that could that could make a run or or um, San Fran as double digit seeds. I know Kentucky is a tough matchup just because of their athleticism, but I think San Fran tough matchup against Murray State too. But they they play good defense. They faced a team with the athleticism and the length in Gonzaga. They kind of played them close. I'm not saying that they were going to win the game, uh, but on a, on the flip side, I think Purdue is vulnerable. Um, with, with Virginia Tech. I just think that bottom of the bracket, both of those teams, I think, can make runs. And, and I'm a big fan of UCLA. I like St. Mary's mm-hmm. as well. I just don't see the double-digit seeds, uh, you know whether it's Wyoming or Indiana. Indiana's tough, yeah. but again, their offense can stall out. We, we've seen that. Mm-hmm. that Nine-point lead with a couple minutes left uh, against Iowa squandered because they couldn't put the ball in the hoop. So San Fran and, and Virginia Tech for me. <clears throat>
1: Just would love to see San Fran almost anywhere else, like we talked right. about right at the beginning of the show. Uh, I'm with you on Virginia Tech. They're going to be popular after what they just did in the ACC tournament, but this draw fell pretty nicely for them. You get a Texas team that is you know, not very good offensively. Certainly going to be a tough defensive yeah. matchup for them, uh, no doubt about that, but this is just... Not a very good offensive team. They haven't won a, a really that meaningful of a game since they beat Kansas back in the first week of February. Uh, a win at Oklahoma is nice for sure, uh, but you know, that win over Kansas is the last time they beat a team that is in the tournament, and it wasn't for you know. Or I you go, know, they got a TCU win also. I'm I'm missing uh, toward the end of February, but again, it's just a team that. Hasn't exactly been a stacking impressive wins as we've gotten to the end of the season, and just with the offensive issues they could have there, you know, Virginia Tech shooting, I think could give them some trouble. And then a Purdue team that again is gonna they're gonna let you score. I mean, the Purdue is, is you are gonna have to, you're gonna have to guard them. You're, you are gonna have to guard them. Uh, you are gonna have to guard to beat Purdue, but you can score. You can definitely score in this team, and we've we, we've seen that really. I mean, for for a long time now with this collection of talent that Purdue's had for a while there in West Lafayette. Now this is a team that. It's not really going to you know make you, you fight out a win. You can score on them. So I like the draw for Virginia Tech. That's what has me most interested in them on top of the way that they finish the season, culminating with that ACC tournament championship. On the flip side, I think there are plenty of double-digit seeds you don't want to fall for. Akron fits that bill for me. Whoever wins the Wyoming-Indiana first four game, they fit that bill for me. This feels like a very chalky first round before things can maybe get interesting in the second.
2: Yeah, I'm avoiding Indiana um, hard. I'm not going to say I'm avoiding Wyoming as hard, but Indiana Mm -hmm. just seems like the team because they kind of made a run in the Big Ten tournament, lost on basically a buzzer beater, right, to the eventual champion. They win against Wyoming. (laughs) You know, Trace Jackson Davis, I know he's fantastic, but, again, that offense, I'm just not falling in love with it. Going up against a St. Mary's team that's very good defensively just does not seem like that's like a rock fight in the making if those two teams uh, match up in the first round. But I'm not – I'm. Really staying away from Indiana. I just I I don't like. They could easily lose to Wyoming. I'm not I'm not, you know, falling in love with them. Even if they get by, i here because if you beat St. Mary's, you're going up against a UCLA team that I think is probably underseeded. I think a four is pretty like I think mm-hmm. they're probably better than a, a four. Uh, but I, I just I'm not falling in love with Indiana. I, I will I refuse to do it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I refuse to do it as well. I, and I I'm, I think they lose to Wyoming. Yeah. I think Wyoming knocks them off and then. <clears> but I I don't like I don't. I'm with you i I, I like why I think Wyoming can give St Mary's more trouble. I think Wyoming could knock off St Mary's. I don't think Indiana can. I think that's a really really brutal matchup for Indiana's offense and he get like I don't know, I just feel like. If I was supposed to feel good about Indiana against St. Mary's, I think we would have seen some evidence of it at some point in the Big Ten season. And we just didn't see that sort of play from Indiana that they would match up well enough with a team like St. Mary's. So I'm with you. I I think this is a very chalky first round. Maybe the chalkiest first round region that we see. I'll throw Yale out there as a team that I'm just not buying. Purdue has had some first round struggles. Purdue's left bad taste in a lot of people's mouths over the last few seasons because of some of those early round struggles. Yale just doesn't do it. I mean, Yale, you know, God bless them. They're in the tournament. Uh, I watched pretty much all of that Ivy League championship on Sunday. And, I mean, if if Princeton could hit uh, the one-third of the open threes they got in that game, they're in the, they're in the tournament. So, Yale, they, they prevailed in the Ivy League tournament. This is not a very high-quality team. I think Purdue ends up running away with this one. In the first round, one of the uh, bigger laughers, I think, that we ultimately end up seeing in the first round is Purdue and Yale. So uh, if you've been burned by Purdue in the past, I understand why you would maybe be a little bit sheepish about going after him again. Don't be sheepish about them, at least in the first round. You want to be sheepish in even the second round, okay, and certainly in a Sweet 16 matchup, they could have them against Kentucky. But don't worry about the matchup with Yale for this team. How about an Elite Eight sleeper coming out of this East region? What are you looking at for that?
2: Oh, it's it's tough. I I, I kind of want to like hop back onto the to the train of San Fran because I, mm-hmm. I I do I do like them um, quite a bit. But I'll I'll switch it up for it for the sake of just keeping people on their feet. I'm, I'm gonna go with North Carolina.
1: Yeah, it's that's what um, I've got to.
2: Yeah, like Baylor, I, I understand Baylor's been banged up. You know, I don't love that coming into the to the tournament. You know, I I, I know it, it doesn't mean much. We've seen bad teams or teams that struggle down the stretch make runs in the tournament. We've seen teams that have played great down the stretch struggle, lose their first game in the tournament, but with... With the injuries that they've had, North Carolina's got the talent. They're athletic. Baycott is fantastic. It just is a. Uh, I just think they're a tough matchup to really, uh, you know, if you if you're if you're weak on the offensive glass, Baycott can really kill you. He's a, he's a tough person to guard. So I'll go with them. I know UCLA and St. Mary's. I don't think they're either of them are unbeatable. We've seen UCLA mm-hmm. struggle at times this year, uh, but. Definitely think they can match up with St. Mary's, whoever comes out of that side of it. So uh, North Carolina is definitely the team that I think can make a run. It's
1: just exactly what you're looking for. I mean, they're just a very talented team. And obviously uh, they have not played necessarily all the way up to that talent for – the balance of this season but I mean we just go back two weeks or go back a week and a half whatever that is to the game against Duke and you saw really like the bow ideal of what this North Carolina team can be uh, they had a, another impressive win against Syracuse before that they knocked off Virginia Tech just a couple of weeks ago like this team if they can get things right They can just get some things right. This certainly is a team that can go on a little bit of a run and and the draw isn't horrible for them. Funny, actually, right? Last year, they were an eight seed uh, against a team from Wisconsin with Baylor as the one seed in their region. And here they are again, an eight seed against a team from Wisconsin this year, Marquette. Last year, the Badgers with Baylor as the one seed in their region. Obviously, that uh, game against the Wisconsin team did not end well for North Carolina (laughs) last year, Roy Williams' last game.
2: That was the one team that, like, matched up horribly. North like North Carolina turned you over and like hit the offensive glass uh-huh. like crazy last year, if I remember. And Wisconsin like didn't turn the ball over <laughs> ever and never gave up an offensive board. Just a stylistic matchup, uh nightmare there. But I, I think this year this team if they can hit some shots uh-huh. and and kind of keep it together on defense I, I i think north carolina can can make some noise
1: like we say all about the draw in this uh this marquette matchup i think a little bit better for north carolina than the wisconsin yeah. one from a year ago elite 8 matchup and a winner we have the possibility for one of the bluest of blue blood matchups in the elite 8 and i do think we get it give me kentucky over ucla as the uh, elite 8 in this uh, region what do you got for us austin
2: Oh, this is tough again. I feel like I keep doing this. I, I I just talked up North Carolina. I I do think Baylor ultimately makes a run here, um, to the, to the lead eight, and I think Kentucky is the team. It's just really hard. I know North Carolina I just said their athleticism, but Baylor has it has it too. Kentucky, mm-hmm. like it's one of those things. Like you you just like have such a high floor because some teams just cannot match up with like Oscar Sheboy. They can't yeah, do anything against right. them, right? Like it's impossible. So I'll go with Baylor and Kentucky, and I'll give the edge to Kentucky. I'll, I'll, I'll right. take Kentucky to the uh, final four.
1: <laughs> all right, so that gives you Kentucky, Auburn, Tennessee, and <laughs> Gonzaga as your final four. So that would, be Kinsu- that would be Gonzaga against Kentucky and Auburn against Tennessee. Play it all the way through for us. What's your final four? Uh, what does the final four look like? Um, I'm going to go with Gonzaga over Kentucky. I, I, I,
2: it's tough. I picked three SEC teams. I need mean, like, again, I'm just going <laughs> off of my model numbers. So yeah. it's not like no, it's I, no SEC bias here. I'm, I'm from the Northeast. There's nothing <laughs> here. Um, but, uh, that Tennessee Auburn matchup. I, I gotta go Tennessee, and and I'll I'll be chalk, and I'll take Gonzaga to win the the title. I think they get through. Like I feel like people kind of say like, oh, they just can't do it. They've been to two national title games yeah. in the last of what yeah. four? The last four because they didn't have one the COVID season. Yeah, oh, yeah, I was
1: saying, gonna say yeah, there. yeah. The last yeah, two of the last four title games they've been. Yeah. in.
2: So I I think they push through. Mark Few gets it done. Final. It's kind of like the Jay Wright thing. I know Wright won his first title Mm -hmm. game but like they always kind of fell flat on their face didn't get didn't meet expectations i think few and gonzaga get there finally there Mm -hmm.
1: you go for now i'm gonna go uh arizona over kansas kentucky over Gonzaga, Arizona over Kentucky as my championship game, which I feel like I've just got such a matzo ball hanging out there with uh, with Kirk Kreese and this injury, but uh, yeah. assuming that everything's okay and he can play in the second weekend, I think, again, as I said a little earlier, just the most diversity of offensive options, the most different ways to beat a team with their offense, and so give me Arizona as the national champion this year. That's going to do it for this episode of Best on the Board. We are going to be with you All week long in a huge way. Austin's going to come back. We're going to talk some uh, some of the more exotic fun bets you can make team to make the sweet 16 a team to make the elite eight. We're also going to get into those first round games on Thursday and Friday. We're going to be breaking down the regions even deeper as we get into this week. We just wanted to give you that 30,000 foot view with this first episode of the week and set the stage for the next few days. So we are going to be with you. Please be with us all week on Best on the Board. For Austin Mock, I am Michael Beller. Thanks so much for listening. Good luck all week long. Happy betting. We will be talking to you all, all week. So be with us. We're going to be here for you. Talk to you soon. See you.